John. Uh, good morning. I, I'm the pastor here at Grace, and I, I'm just so excited to be together. Hopefully, you're warmly greeted back there. Looks like we have Andrea doing name tags today. Did everyone get a name tag? I'm, I'm really hyping the name tags. I like it. So we're, we're doing name tags, and we're not just doing it like we are. We're going all the way. So we are wearing name tags. We're greeting each other by name. We are warmly welcoming one another. But it just feels good to be together. So good. And good morning to all of our online viewers as well. You guys can all say good morning, online viewers. I know I had a bunch of, um, I always have a bunch of announcements. But I I thought um, I'd bring you into my Traeger grill saga so yeah, there's a whole saga. So on Super Bowl Sunday, you remember I made this huge feast of multiple tri-tips and jalapeno poppers. And I did all this stuff. Um, it was good. But then on Monday, I tried to uh, do bacon-wrapped hot dogs, and it wasn't good. I burned my Traeger up. There was like a two-hour five-alarm fire in my backyard, and it was spectacular. Um, so yesterday, guess what I did? Uh, no, I didn't. I wish I got a new one. I cleaned my barbecue. So yesterday was a Saturday of cleaning. Anyone else clean on their Saturday? Okay, that's good. And then I have one more. I know I'm talking a lot this morning. One more thing that happened on uh, Tuesday. Larry Luther. Good morning, Larry. Uh, Larry comes. He's one of our counters. Uh, such a great ministry, by the way, to the church. Thanks, Larry. And he said, hey, John, I see you always skating your mini ramp in the backyard. I have a half pipe and I skate on it. And he's like, you never get injured, do you? And I was like, well, yeah, no, I've never been injured, Larry. I've never broken a bone, never gotten hurt. Um, Yesterday after cleaning my barbecue, I went to skate the mini ramp. And uh, dude, the pesky dog, came over and bit my foot. I was barefoot. He bit my foot as I was mid-skateboarding. And like, I wrecked my shoulder really good. So my shoulder hurts today. So if you see me leaning like this, uh, you'll know why. But there, you've been brought into my story now, right? I, I would love for you all after worship to head out to the patio and share a little bit about your weekend, share about your new weeds, share about your barbecue cleaning, share about your skateboard accidents. By the way, Jameson, Jameson, morning, dude. Hey, I saw you skateboarding now. Good job. Yeah, you are shredding in the front yard. I love it. We'll have to skate the half pipe soon, okay? So on, onward. Those were good announcements, I know. We, we like the... They were different announcements. Yes, okay. <laughs> different announcements. We, we are in the season of Lent, and we have devotionals for you in the back. So if you'd like to grab a Lenten devotional, I believe we still have some available. Go ahead and grab one of those and dive into that devotional each day during Lent. We also have uh, what I like to call pancakes with the guys, also known as men's breakfast. Uh, That is on March 2nd. So the first Saturday of every month, we gather in the fellowship hall. We have lots of pancakes. If lots of guys show up, we have less pancakes. But we have lots of pancakes, and it's a great time of fellowship together. So I really encourage you men of the church to show up on March 2nd at 8 a.m. in the fellowship hall. I think I'm going to be there this coming Saturday, and I might even shoot some hoops in the Fellowship Hall after. So if you want to try to defend my three-point shot, uh, come out at 8 a.m., and that will be a great time. We also have our Holy Week schedule. So if you are not aware, Easter is March 31st this year, which seems way too early coming out of Advent. Um, But here we are. Easter is March 31st. 
And so our Holy Week schedule is becoming more and more relevant each week. So I want you to take a look at this. But the one thing I want to encourage you to do is think about that person you could invite with you to church on Easter Sunday here at Grace. Think about that family member who might just want to come over for ham and be together, and you could start your Sunday at church. Think about that neighbor who you see every day but never talk to. You could invite their family to church here at Grace. Think about that person who might live with you at your house who just hasn't uh, shown up this year. You could invite them and let them know how important it is to have them here at church with you this Easter Sunday. I, I just looked back at Christmas Eve, and it was so good to have 200 people in the sanctuary. It was so good to have a full house and to have a worship service that was full of joy. I can't wait to have that here on Easter Sunday. But I will say that starts with you thinking about that person you can invite. So start thinking about it, start praying about it, and start asking God to put it on your heart who it is that you can invite to Easter here at Grace. Well, let us, let us continue to worship the Lord. I know the choir has been waiting for me to stop talking. So let us continue to worship the Lord. Good morning. Let everything we do praise the Lord. Please stand if you are able and join me now in our responsive call to worship. I will tell you, I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters and lead them in praise. Do not despise the afflicted, nor turn a deaf ear when they cry to you. All the ends of the earth shall turn to you, O God. All the families shall worship the Lord. We will tell of your deeds to those who follow, and proclaim your deliverance to all. Let us worship the Lord. Pray with me now. We glory in your holy name, O God. We marvel at your wondrous works. You gathered a nation around you and called it blessed. You spared not your own son, but sent him in the midst of a people to redeem them from sin. We gather this day to bear witness to your majesty. Our hearts rejoice in the promise of your covenant of love. Our souls are cleansed by your mercy. Our bodies rise to bless your name. Our voices sing in your praises. Amen. 
Thank you, Ed. Uh, please remain standing if you're able. <laughs>
Be seated. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Confident in God's grace, let us confess our sin before God and one another. God of compassion and mercy, 
Look with favor upon us as we confess our sins. Our faith is weak in the face of crisis. Our hope collapses when we are threatened or maligned. We seek our safety and abandon those you love. We trust in objects we can create and control. We speak much and risk little. But you, O oh God, have given your promise that you will forever forsake us. Forgive us our failure to take you at word. The assurance of God's grace is declared in the name of Jesus Christ. We accept God's forgiveness, confident that in dying to sin, Christ raises us to new life. Believe in the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. As God's forgiven people, let us turn to someone we don't know and greet them with the love and peace of Christ by saying, may the peace of Christ be with you.
church. I know that all that energy, all those sun rays are really uh, helping us pass the peace of Christ with new energy and enthusiasm. I love it. But uh, when Fran plays the organ, that's always our cue to, to settle down and get ready for the get ready for the kids to sing. kids don't don't go away just yet I know can you say thank you to Miss Diane thank you Miss Diane we are so blessed to have Diane who works with the children every single week and leads them in singing yeah thank you Dan you guys can, so hey kids you guys can go top step go all the way up I know you can do it yeah all the way up top step come on Sonny come on Jameson so Our scripture lesson today tells us about a really old man and woman. Yeah, they're real old. <laughs> and, God, and God says, hey, guess what? I know that in your life you haven't been able to have kids, but I'm going to make you the mom and dad of all the nations. I am going to give you as many descendants as there are in the stars. And how many stars have you seen? 
So do you know that man's name? Oh, that's a great, Abraham. Abraham, yeah, Father Abraham. Now I want, when I was a kid, I know there's a lot of singing today. This is like the musical version of coming to grace today. But when I was a kid, we sang the best song in Sunday school that reminded me that I was a descendant of Abraham every single Sunday. Do you know what that song was called? No, oh, Father Abraham. Has anyone who's heard it? So I am not, I'm not great. I'm not a, a singer. I'm not in the choir. I don't lead hymns. I don't play an instrument. Um, so I'm going to really struggle through this. But I need you all to help me. And kids, I need you to stand up. So the song has motions you get to do. I know. A lot of singing today. I told you. Stand on up. Come on. You're going to help me out. So are you ready? I know. I'll teach you. Okay. So it goes like this. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. church's version of hot yoga, I think. But that was, uh, that was tough. So what did you learn? What did you learn about Father Abraham? <laughs> yeah, Father Abraham had many children, and who's one of them? Me. Yes, all right. Yes, we did it today. Let us pray and send our kids off to Sunday school. Dear Lord, we thank you for our children. We thank you for their voices in a seemingly dark world, Lord, they can shout out your praises and be full of light, Father. Help them to take that light from out of this building and share it with all of their friends at school this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. All right, have a fun time at Sunday school, guys. There you go. See you, Jameson.
Okay, in the first place, I have to say, John, you did this way better than I could have. Oh, well, hey, I've had a lot of practice on that one. <laughs> Our first scripture lesson for, is from Genesis 17, 1 through 7, 15 through 16. Hear now the word of the Lord. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will, and will make you exceedingly numerous. When Abram fell to his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall, you, shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her sorry, but Sarah shall be her name. It, I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations, kings of peoples, and shall come after her. Please stand and sing Immortal, Invisible.
You may be seated. You can bring out the Bible you brought with you, pull out the Bible from the pew rack, fire up that mobile phone app, and turn to Romans 4, 13 through 25. Hear now the word of the Lord. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the inheritance of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only the adherents of the law, but also those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations. According to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old. Or even when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith and he gave glory to God, being fully conceived that God was able to do what he promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words it was reckoned to him were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. The word of the Lord. Bow your heads in prayer with me now, if you will. Heavenly Father, we are here again. Sometimes it feels like seven days passes so fast. Other times it feels like it might even be years since we have entered into this place, since we have stood before you. No matter the posture we bring into the sanctuary today, Lord, whether this is our first time hearing this word, or we have poured over Romans our entire life. Reveal something to us today. Let your word be heard. Let us take this message with us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I remember in my mid-20s, it was a memory, so it was a while ago, uh, Stephanie and I had just gotten married. We got married, I think, in our early mid-20s, something like this. We bought a house, 
And then we spent a lot of time fixing up this house. It was a great time. A lot of people participated in helping us. We had people from our church come and do all kinds of projects with us. And we got to know so many people through building a home together. We had established jobs. We lived close to our families. We had lots of friends. And everything was going perfect. Then we started sensing God calling us in a new direction. We had everything we'd ever wanted. We were comfortable. We were perfectly fine. We had just finished that house we loved so much. And suddenly we felt called to sell it. Suddenly we felt called to give that up, to give up all the friends we had, to give up living close by our parents and move to a new community, a new city away from our families and start a ministry at a new church. This was a big decision for us. We had never lived away from our families. It was Stephanie's first time uh, living out of her parents' house was when uh, we got married and moved into our house together. And so to leave everyone behind and move was a huge decision. But we chose to trust in God's promises and lean into relying on God's family. In today's scripture lesson, Paul reminds us that we need to lean into God's promises. So today I want to draw your attention to four truths, four truths from our text. You have a sermon card in your bulletin, hopefully. If not, they're in the back. Uh, but you can follow along if you'd like. If not, no worries at all. But I want to draw attention to these four truths from our scripture lesson today. The first is that God's law doesn't replace God's promises. Wow. What a... What a way just to jump into this. It's like my college ethics class all over again. But God's law doesn't replace God's promises. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abram or the descendants through the law, but through faith. If it's adherents of the law were to be heirs, faith is, heirs, faith is null. And the promise is void. For the law brings wrath. But where there is no law, there is no violation. Now, think about that one for a few minutes. This promise was the only law Abraham had. This promise between God and Abraham was the only law he had. The law had not yet come to God's people. The law was never meant to be the answer. If the law was our primary pursuit, then Abram's faith and God's promises would not matter. The point is here that we acknowledge the law, but our faith rests in something more. Our faith rests in the promises of God. Our faith rests in Christ, in Christ alone. God's promises are for all of God's children, all people, starting with Abram. God's promises are for all of God's children. For this reason, it depends on faith, and in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all of Abraham's descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, 
but also to those who share in the faith of Abraham. In the presence of God who believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that did not exist. Abraham was not just the father to one nation. He is the father to all nations. He is the father to all of us. Paul acknowledges that we have already given into sin. We have already broken the law, but through God's promises, we are made new, both Jew and Gentile alike. Both those who were God's children and those who are promised to be God's children. This becomes our shared family history. This is our shared promise of hope. God is able to, from these stones, raise up children to Abraham. I have over the years had the opportunity to work with orphanages in Tijuana, Mexico, and in Katali, Kenya. And I'll tell you this. This, this promise we hear is much more significant when you see a child living in a dump or living in a slum without a family, being welcomed into God's family for the first time. When their tribe has cast them out, when their birth family has passed away, when all hope seems lost, they're invited into God's promise. They're invited into God's family. This is family. This is what family is like. Look around you. This is God's family. When all hope seems lost, when we're in the slum, when we're in the dump, when all hope seems lost, God gives us hope. Hoping against hope, Paul writes. What a word. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of the nations, according to what was said. So numerous shall your descendants be, as many as the stars in the sky. He did not weaken in the faith when he considered how old he was, or when he considered how old Sarah was. And no distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. Abraham grew stronger in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. God is able to do what he promises. Abraham didn't lose faith. Even though it seemed completely improbable that he would become a father, much less father to all of us at the age of 100, he had hope in God's promise. This hope, though, it's not just for Abraham. It's not just Abraham's hope. This is the hope that God is about. This is the work that God is about. It's hoping against hope. God's real intention in promising Abraham the land of Canaan was to claim rule and to renew the world. 
to renew the world. God's promises might have started in the land of Canaan, but it continues to extend to Vista, California, to Oceanside, to North County. It continues to extend into our world today. And through that same promise, you and I have hope. Through that same promise, we are still hoping against hope. This is the work God's about. Taking desolate areas and making them new. Taking those lanes alongside of the freeway and making those beautiful super blooms. Breathing new life into places that the world says there is no possible way. When we trust in God's promises, we trust that God makes the impossible possible. When we trust in God's promises, we trust that God makes the impossible possible. Therefore, his faith was reckoned him as righteousness. Now the words that was reckoned to him were written for his sake alone, not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. God's justice is one that restores and frees. God's justice restores and freeze. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus died because we have broken these laws over and over and over again. But praise be to God. He was raised and we have been declared not guilty. Friends, the impossible has been made possible. We have been invited into God's family. We have been invited into God's promises. He really is the son of God, we say. And we really are his people. When we have this kind of faith, when we trust in God's promises, we are made whole again. We are made righteous again. We are brought into God's family to have hope, to be people of hope. All of these broken things, everything that seems impossible in our world, these things are made possible. These things are restored. And we're able to have a glimpse of what it means to live into God's promises. I'm not sure of the impossible things you are facing today. I know I turn on the TV and I see things that just are seemingly impossible. I see things that seem like there's no way out, really. I'm not sure what those areas are in your life where you feel like there just can't be a way out. But hear this. God makes the impossible possible. God provides a way when there feels like there is no way. God's promise to Abraham is just the start. It's fulfilled through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have a fresh start thanks to God's promises. 
We are bearing new fruit thanks to God's promises. The impossible has been made possible thanks to the promises of God. This is good news, isn't it? That when we confess Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Messiah, Jesus is God's Son, when we believe in the gospel message, when we believe in this good news, we share in this new covenant and are part of Abraham's promised family. This is our family. This is our shared faith and our shared hope that the impossible has been made possible through Jesus Christ. Amen. We're so blessed here at Grace, aren't we? Yes, praise God. In the next few weeks uh, to months, you'll see some changes happening around our church campus. I know it's change a bad word. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully change is exciting. But we'll see some changes, uh, some updates to our campus as we prepare for our preschool. Uh, we'll have a flooring project going on in the Christian Ed building. We'll have some safety fencing going in to help keep our children safe and secure on our campus. We'll have staffing changes. We'll be bringing on a preschool director. The application will go out at the beginning of March, and we're hoping to celebrate that new hire by the first week of May. So there is so much going on, and all of that is happening because of you guys. All of that is happening because we have a church who believes they have been given life and purpose. Because we have a redeemer who walks with us. We have a sustainer in the Holy Spirit who fills us with resurrection power. And it is out of response to this that we give. It is out of response to these things that we have church today, that we worship, that we have Sunday school, that we have food distribution that we bring people onto our campus each week and give them a warm meal and tutoring and all of the things that happen here are out of response to what God is doing in our lives. We give because we have been given. We ask you to leave those tithes and offerings at the back as you leave. If you wanna give of your time and your talents, let us know. There's always a place to use you here at Grace. We want you to give generously of your time. Give generously of what God has given us so that we can build God's kingdom 
bring about God's kingdom right here in North County. So we invite you to leave those tithes at the back. If you're online, you can just punch that donate now button. And if you would, uh, let's bless our tithes and offerings now. Would you pray with me? Source of all goodness, what can we give that has not already been given to us? Surely no gift of ours can repay Christ's gift of love. Therefore, we offer ourselves with thanksgiving for new life in the Spirit and place before you what we have in response to your love. Use us in ways that fulfill your plan for creation and bless, bless what we give so that others may hear about you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Praise be to God, amen. We are a church that truly cares for one another, that believes in the power of prayer, that believes that when we pray, those prayers are heard. I I wanted to uh, draw attention to our deacons real quick. Would our deacons stand up? I know, sorry deacons. Uh, Would you mind standing up deacons? Uh, These are our deacons. They, They have been equipped to care for you, to care for God's church, and they do so wonderfully. If you have any care needs, please look around, see your deacons, talk with them after church. Let them know places in your life where you might need prayer, special care, attention, and how we can serve you as a church. Thank you, deacons. Yeah. We are blessed with amazing deacons here at Grace, and they do so much. And I know often it seems like we might have a need and it's just not big enough, or we might have a prayer concern and it's not big enough, but there is no need or no prayer too small. So we want to stand with you, stand by you, and to be a source of encouragement in your life as Grace Presbyterian Church. Let God now hear our prayers. Pray with me now. Gracious God, whom we trust in childlike faith, we give you thanks for setting apart Abraham and Sarah as parents in faith. We draw courage from their example of obedience. From them we gain confidence that you will never forsake us. What to us is beyond belief in you becomes possible. We trust the promise and await your call to pilgrimage. We thank you for Jesus who taught us what it means to be obedient unto death. In his ministry, he showed the way of discipleship. We are heirs of his words and example. We give thanks that you have revealed your wisdom and continue to involve us in your reign of righteousness and truth. Christ's faith abides forever as our means of deliverance. We walk in the light of your judgment, ever thankful for your word. We praise you for the Holy Spirit who sustains us amid doubts and trials when earthly pressures weigh upon us and we are near despair. Your spirit brings release, giving encouragement to lighten our load. You alone are the assurance that strengthens, the light that illuminates, the truth that dispels disbelief. You are the source of all hope, God of the covenant. We can endure if you abide with us as you have promised. You are indeed a God for all seasons, and we give you thanks that you see fit to look with favor on us in this time and place. For Christ who nourishes and the spirit who sustains, we give you all praise and bless your name. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand now and join me in singing our closing hymn, For All the Saints. As you leave, if you head out the back door, you'll get to the parking lot. If you go out these side doors, you'll get to coffee and refreshments. I invite you to come out to coffee and refreshments. Your car can wait. Uh, come fellowship. Come share about your uh, barbecue cleaning and all the things you did this weekend. So I invite you to remain standing through our charge and benediction. At Grace, we don't just hear a sermon. We go out into the world and we do. The world says, this is impossible. But people of God's promises say, all things are possible with God. Let your lives be a witness to Christ's love. Let your words bring about reconciliation. Let your thoughts be of peace. Let your touch bring healing. Let your actions count for justice and be a sign of hope and a beacon of joy. Go now and may God's blessings go with each and every one of you. Amen. Amen.